0: you're listening to the mountain practice journeys podcast a comfy cozy place for private practice introverts highly sensitive therapists and solopreneurs who help and heal this is the place for practical nature-based magical support for your business and life And welcome back to the mountain practice journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton here in episode 42. I chat with Susanna Horwitz of the well-connected therapist about the concept of embodiment for more joyful networking. Here we go. Hello everyone. And welcome back to the mountain practice journeys podcast. I'm here today with Susanna Horwitz of the well-connected therapist. So welcome Susanna. Thank you so much, Cindy. I really appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, we connected a few months ago and I just love what Susanna's doing with her well-connected therapist business and she works a lot with introverts. So of course I was really um, excited about that. So why don't you tell us a little bit
1: more about what you do? All right. So I am a trauma-informed nature-based expressive arts therapist. That's kind of a mouthful, but I'm just basically very experiential in the work that I do. I'm licensed to practice in Colorado, which is where I'm physically located here in Golden, Colorado, just outside of Denver. And I'm also licensed to practice in Massachusetts, which is where I got my start in 2010 in private practice. Um, I graduated with a degree in expressive therapies from Leslie in Cambridge, Massachusetts in 2003, and then, you know, worked in some organizations, worked at a nonprofit arts organization that was amazing for years, and then eventually started my private practice like I said, in 2010 in Massachusetts. And then we moved out here just for a lot of personal reasons. My son was born in 2013 and we wanted to be closer to some family and loved Colorado. So we moved out here in 2014, built up a new practice out here and almost 12 years later, here I am. So the trauma informed nature-based expressive arts therapy is that I like to combine a lot of experiential methods so my master's degree being in expressive therapies is really the intermodal expressive therapies, which is what I did is really utilizing a lot of different modalities, either within the same session or across, you know, all of the therapy that I do with people. So it's, it's tapping into art, visual art, music, dance movement, um, creative writing, poetry, um, play, all of these different types of experiential therapies. And then when I moved out here, I really started moving into doing a little bit more training in somatic-based psychotherapy, which is what expressive therapy is actually rooted in. And then also um, trained in EMDR and then also trained in some more wilderness-based and nature-based therapy, um, because that's a big thing out here. And I had taught outdoor education for years before going into being a therapist. So I just like to combine all of these different modalities um, sometimes coupling them together. Um, So, you know, there might be arts. We might be outdoors. Oh, the way that I'm doing therapy these days is that I'm either meeting with clients in person outdoors only, or I'm meeting with them online. And all of these different things can be done in both places. Um, And I'm also dabbling into doing therapy intensives, which is extending the amount of time that we work. So like even a half day, full day or a week long with people. So that's my therapy practice. On the other side of things, this year, I've been doing a lot of new things. And one of the things that I um, started this year was a coaching practice for introverted therapists who have trouble with networking. And part of it was because I realized I built my practice via networking and not really doing a lot of, not putting a lot of energy into uh, online marketing. And, uh, you know, little by little, I started realizing that people were having trouble with that, and I'd love to be able to help them with it. So I actually built a whole eight-week program called the Well-Connected Therapist Coaching Program, and I'm really excited about it. So... That's that's me in a big nutshell. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I really love that because there are, um, yeah, there's a lot that comes along with networking and being an introvert. And I'm really excited to talk to you about this topic. And I know that today we were going to talk a little bit about embodiment and its connection mm-hmm. to networking. So I'm really um, excited to hear what you have to say about this because I love the way the way that you frame that um, just the embodiment part of it and how that can aid you when you are networking and just provide support in a different way. If you can, um, you know, frame it, frame it as embodiment. So Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: if you want to share a little bit about what, what that means and especially what that means for
1: our introverted and highly sensitive therapist, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, it's and, and again, I and I identify as an introvert, even though sometimes I'm one of those surprising introverts because mm-hmm. people sometimes have the expectation that introverts are just, you know, quiet, don't talk and you know, sit in a corner or whatever. And that's absolutely not true the way that I look at it anyway. There's a lot of different definitions of it, but the way I look at it is I have to really be careful about managing my energy when I'm with people, because where I really regain and recharge is for the most part alone, I really love talking with people and connecting with people, but I have to be careful about it because I can mm-hmm. get exhausted really quickly. Yes. So as I was looking into this, I realized, you know, the way that I started framing this when I was creating this program was based around a lot of the somatic work that I do as a therapist. It was based around some somatic work I've done in my own therapy. Um, that's really helped me. Um, and, I framed it as, okay, well, there's going to be all these different ways that I'm going to help you take care of yourself before, during, and after an interaction with somebody. Um, And and I say before, during, and after, because sometimes we talk about like, oh, you know, do some sort of ritual at the beginning before you go into it. And then afterwards, make sure you do something nice. I'm like, well, there's also the in-between. I actually learned this in a somatic training, which is how me as a therapist, when I'm sitting in a room with somebody who's really like I'm I'm very, you know, again, there's a highly sensitive part that's really in tune and empathetic with somebody and can really drain you. But I really did a lot of, um, got a lot of support around this with the somatic training that I did around how to take care of my own energy while I'm sitting with that in the room. And so what I realized was, wow, this actually can transfer pretty easily to the networking piece, especially for people who are highly sensitive and introverted. And it's just hard to, be with other people sometimes even though we like people yeah yeah exactly Um, it's just it can be exhausting so I look at it as I think when I started thinking about the self-care like caring for yourself I was like well really what that is is embodiment Um, you know I've been doing a a training in a group that's you know all about um, anti-racism and liberation it's a group for white or white facing people Um, and the huge first part of this, you know, informing this group, informing community is all about embodiment. And it's really interesting how often I feel like in the midst of discomfort, we just become disembodied. (laughs) So the way that I describe it to people, I think a lot of therapists would understand this because we talk this language, but if they're not familiar with it, I think of it as sort of like the the way I've described to, to clients is even, you know, when we're in our heads. Um, or we're floating outside, you know, I call it like an out of body experience when we're ruminating, when we're in that space where we're thinking, thinking, thinking and introverts in particular, we're very depth oriented people. We're very in our head thinking, you know, if you want to call it that. But I always think of it as not even in your head because your head's part of your body. I think of it as like there's all this stuff happening way outside of my body. When I become more embodied is when I'm connecting to things that feel pleasant or neutral in my present moment. And then I can connect within my body to something that feels pleasant or neutral, that it helps me be able to be with whatever discomfort, whether it's butterflies in your stomach or tightening in your chest. And so a huge part of this program that I built is really, and I always tell people, it's like it's kind of edging on therapy a little bit. It's really coaching people in ways to use um, embodiment practice while you are going into a networking situation. Even if it's a one-on-one networking situation, if it's a group networking situation, small group or large group, these are practices that we can apply, you know, from therapy into our way of interacting and being in the world and doing networking and business and i found that it's been always very helpful even before i met with you what i tell people like i've done a few podcasts i'm a little bit more relaxed when i do it now Mm -hmm. but even before getting on i had to go okay let me just you know it's as simple as just kind of like i tell people just okay what does this table feel like is it warm cold Is it smooth? Is it rough? And just that can snap me back into being Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm here, right? And it's all the stuff that we, a lot of us as therapists are teaching to our clients, and that sometimes we try to practice ourselves as much as possible so that we can really be authentic when teaching that to our clients. But I think, again, when it comes to networking, it's almost like it kind of shuts off and we're like, oh, Gosh, <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think just that's... feel like, oh, what are people thinking? <laughs> yeah. and I don't know, you know. So, I think that that's where the embodiment piece comes in is like when we're really embodied, we can be with whatever. And the other thing about this, um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning when I was talking to you, but a huge part of the program is not just the embodiment within your body and just individually, it's about connecting to the spaces and places that we're occupying in any given moment. So, really getting a deep understanding and that's why I pull a lot of the nature-based stuff into it which is going outside and connecting with you know things in nature and really getting to learn you know or reconnect with nature Um, because in those spaces those are sometimes the ones where we can help us become more embodied but we're also being connected to that space and place where we are and that can help you practice like if you're going to somebody's office or you're going somewhere else to meet somebody okay, I'm practiced now at just being able to ground in where I am in this moment and know that like, you know, nature's got me, the universe has got me, whatever somebody decides to call it, that they're really grounded in that and feeling embodied in that space as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I love the example that you provided of just being on podcasts because now, having a podcast and almost a year into it and i'm getting a little more comfortable but even mm-hmm. when i i still get nervous uh, sometimes before i record or before i interview someone and then if i'm on someone else's podcast i can have that little moment of freak out before where i mean it's really short but it is a moment of panic like why am i doing yes. this like this is so yes. overwhelming um but usually after 5 seconds of getting you know the recording going i'm totally fine but i think there is that anticipation so that That makes so much sense why people would have those, like you were talking about the before, during, and after. So we focus on the before and after. So it's like, how can we calm our nerves before? Or what are some rituals that Mm -hmm. we can do before we go into this thing that may seem scary? And what are some ways that we can ground maybe after we've had this experience? But Mm -hmm. yeah, like you mentioned, the during has been forgotten. And that's really Mm -hmm. where all
1: the, I think all the goodness is. Right. Well, and the I'll just to kind of throw out some examples, if it was a big networking thing that you were going into, the during could look like just like the things that I often, you know, will teach my clients, which is like, when you get in there, look around or feel around whatever sense of yours feels like it's most um, easily able to access pleasant or neutral and to calm your nervous system. So it might be a color on a wall. It might be some color on somebody's shirt it might be something on, you know, your own person. Maybe it is just like, and and these are things that we do unintentionally, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? All the time. We might be fiddling with something in our hand. We might be like, you know, trying to just feel our, our shirt or a pant leg or something like that. Um, or going to like, you know, food and, and trying to be, you know, connect with that in a sensory way. And it's interesting because I think that if we are intentional about it, it actually calms the nervous system a little bit easier because we Mm -hmm. go in saying, okay, I know that I have, you know, something in my hand that I can, you know, hold like a touchstone or something, or um, I know, I know something I can look at or even better sometimes saying, Hey, I'm going to get a buddy and I'm going to go with them. And we'll have a plan of like how we can connect somebody that maybe I trust a little bit more Mm because I know them. Um, or even just looking at them helps calm my nervous system in, in some yeah. way, shape or form. There's all yeah. different kinds of ways to do it. Those are just some some simple ways. But I found that when we go in ahead of time with that, and again, it doesn't have to be a huge elaborate plan. It could just be a plan of like, okay, I'm going to find a color that I like. That's
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned the intentionality of it, because I think some of the things that you mentioned we do unconsciously and it doesn't help us. It's just some random way that we're coping nervously Mm -hmm. about something, whether we're twiddling something or feeling our shirt or, you know, looking at a color, but it's more of this can be like a panicked reaction. Like, oh, what can I do to Mm -hmm. help out? And it may not even be, um, you know, you may not even be aware of that's what you're trying to do. And Uh, I think going in there with it intentionally looking for a color or, you know, like today I have on a really soft sweater. So mm -hmm. just being intentional and being able to feel the material can really help you calm down versus you just doing it out of a nervous habit.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then it feels more empowering because you've chosen Mm -hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. I, I, I know that <clears throat> there were definitely times when I was younger where I would do all of that stuff very unintentionally. And just like you said, you get kind of caught up in the, the panic of it. So it just makes it feel worse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going in with these intentional things, which again is why I'm like, if somebody wants to join with me and I can help coach you through it, I've, you know, I've been there and also I've seen it help other people. Um, if you're feeling like you're not really exactly sure how to go about doing this yourself and you just need some extended coaching and help, I wish I would have had it. I mean, I guess I, I had it over the past maybe 30 years because, you know, I was part of <laughs> different coaching things and like, you know, I was part of theater and all that kind of stuff that kind of helped me. But, um, you know, I think that in, there's just that aspect of really how do you keep checking in with yourself You know, in an intentional way where it doesn't, you know, feel like it pulls you. Oh, that was the part that I think is really interesting, too, is that sometimes there's this notion that if I'm checking in with myself or if I'm taking care of myself and doing these kinds of exercises during an interaction, somebody's going to notice and somebody's going to like, you know. See what's happening, or I'm going to be so distracted, I'm not going to be able to pay attention to anything that person's mm-hmm. saying. I've actually found that the very opposite is true, because you're grounding in yourself, you're feeling embodied, and that what that does. This is the point that I want to make. I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> my nervous system has calmed down. I, my <laughs> brain is working. Is that when we are feeling more embodied and more grounded, our nervous system basically becomes less activated. And so when we're in less of that fight, flight, freeze state, our brain then comes back on board and is much more present, much more focused, much more able to sort of ask the questions that we need to ask of that person. And so, you know, it's like going in with these things, like you said, intentionally, it's really going to help us become even more focused, even if we feel like we're like, oh, are they noticing that I'm touching my shirt? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And Mm. if they are, that's okay.
1: Like it's
0: exactly, it could even be a topic of conversation. You know, if you notice that they notice that you're doing something Mm. and you wonder, oh, I wonder if they're um, thinking about why I might be doing this. And I think with those things, In the past, when I've been nervous about something or tried to hide something, it's made it way worse. And just having being vulnerable and having the courage to point it out, it takes all the power away from it. So it, it takes it to where it's it's not stressful anymore. So it could be like, oh, this is something that I do because of this, this and this. And who knows? They may. Uh, do something different during those interactions, or they may have have some little trick up their sleeve where they're, uh, that helps them to remain present. So it could be a topic of conversation because you could ask, like, what are some of the things that you do to remain present in conversations like this? Because sometimes they can feel a little awkward or when you meet
1: someone new, you don't know what to
0: expect. So I think a lot of those things can be an opening.
1: Yes. I I like this too, because you're speaking of authenticity. So it's, Mm -hmm. and I think that especially therapists, we really appreciate that. We appreciate Mm -hmm. the vulnerability. We appreciate the authenticity. So if somebody sort of breaks through that, it makes the other person then feel more comfortable because chances are introvert, extrovert, or anything in between, most people actually have nervousness when they're going into these kinds of situations. And if you're naming it and you're saying, let's just get real here, Mm-hmm. I think most people really, really appreciate that and can really flow with that. And it deepens the connection, which again, I feel like generally I feel like that's what I was saying that introverts are depth-oriented, which I think is a lot of the reason why a lot of introverts mm-hmm. are therapists in private practice doing this depth-oriented work. And you're making a deeper connection rather than feeling like it's just sort of stilted in your, mm-hmm. you know, just talking about the weather and not knowing what else to talk about it get when it gets deeper, it feels more meaningful, it feels more authentic. And then it just sort of relaxes us too, because we feel like we, you know, there's something we can trust about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah more often than not i think that it will um or that people don't really notice the things that we think they notice uh because we're more exactly. <laughs> concerned about ourselves and oh i wonder exactly. what that other person thought it's like they didn't even notice that you were doing that but if it gets to be where it's getting in the way of you being present because you're worried about what they're thinking about the thing that you're doing for you to remain present, (laughs) then yeah, bring it up and say, this is what I do to remain present because this is really important to me. I want to be able to connect with you. And, and that can, if for some small chance, the person that you're meeting with is thinking because you're doing this thing or fidgeting or whatever your coping skill is, that it's because you're bored or distracted mm-hmm. and you bring it up, they're going to know, oh, this is the complete opposite. They are not bored yep. at all. They really want to be
1: remain mm-hmm. present here.
0: So I think it can mm-hmm. also help in that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the chances are most of the time it's not because they're bored or not present it's just because of nervousness or again, feeling somewhat disembodied for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any final thoughts on bringing this embodiment into the networking relationship?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I've really liked this conversation <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I just, I, I just really like that. We're talking about it. I think that's what I'm thinking too, is it, the part that you were talking about at the end which is like bringing it up being authentic i think that it's just like anything else like mental health if we're bringing these things up that we are afraid that oh do they feel this way do they feel this way the more we're bringing this up and we're actually talking about it with each other the more i think we will become less nervous about it um and it sort of will you know make it s- sort of destigmatize that like oh i'm nervous about networking um Because, like I said, most people are, even the people who don't identify as introverts. Um, You know, the the thing that I thought was also pretty cool is, like, just really in my research of, like, looking into, like, who else is really successful and, like, a networker and identifies as an an introvert. And I just sort of at the top of my head was just kind of, like, playing around with Google searching Mm -hmm. And I found an interview that's pretty awesome. I don't know if maybe I can like send you a link to it and put in a show notes or something yeah. like that. It was an, a brief interview between Oprah Winfrey and Amy Schumer. And Amy Schumer apparently, I haven't read the whole book, but she's put in her book stuff about being an introvert. And she, you know, she's a comedian. She's really kind of like out there. She says whatever, she, you know, comes to mind. They're all, she's very networked. Oprah Winfrey, we all know, very, very well networked. I mean, she's got networks, right? Mm -hmm. And both of them, in this little interview, basically within the first few minutes, high-fived on, are you you're an introvert? Oh, I'm an (laughs) introvert too. Oh, do you like to hide in the bathroom at parties? Oh my gosh, that's my favorite place to go to (laughs) hide in the bathroom at parties. And it was just really cool because I think. This whole idea of being able to open up and talk about this aspect of marketing, which is something that, again, I think, you know, I haven't talked about this a a ton in this interview, but I really built my entire practice here in Colorado in particular, but even in Massachusetts by just hitting the ground running and going to different offices and meeting with people and networking. And I think part of some of those too were saying, hey, you know, this is... I feel a little nervous about this because, you know, we know we don't know each other, but let's just talk. And in those conversations, they just became authentic. Most of the conversations that we were having were just about like, who are you? Where are you from? You know, what do you have kids? Do you not have kids? You know, all of this different kinds of stuff. And then at the end we might be like, Oh, and you know, what kind of (laughs) clients do you work with? And so I think that there's a huge part of this. It's like talking about this thing, being able to open up with other people about it and know that this is actually a thing that we as therapists deal with when it comes to networking, especially introverted and highly sensitive therapists. And then also just knowing that like, you know, a huge part of it, maybe we just need to look at us connecting. It's not, you know, this scary thing. It's just Doing the thing that introverts actually really love to do a lot of the time, which is just deeply connect with somebody else. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I think those deep conversations are great. And I think that's so much more beneficial in the future for referral sources, because you get to know the type of person this is, what, what their personality is like, instead of going in and getting a list of the types of clients they work with, that's not really going to help you with referring clients that you care about and that, you know, very deeply I like to make referrals based on, oh, do I think, um, you know, these personalities are going to work well together. Yes. Not yes. necessarily because they see this type of client.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. That's exactly where I like to go
0: too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell people how they can find out more about you and the work that you're doing.
1: Well, I think the easiest way to get in touch with me now is to go to my Well-Connected Therapist website. So that's www well-connected therapist w-e-l-l-c-o-n-n-e-c-t-e-t therapist it's all one word um with no dash in between well-connected um And you know, the reason I called it well-connected therapist is because the whole theme is about really feeling connected within yourself and the spaces and places that we occupy at any given moment so that we can then feel connected with somebody else. And I also understood that there's sort of a play on this word because well-connected often makes us think of somebody who just doesn't have to work really hard to just, you know, has, just has connections because they grew up with such privilege that, that that's what happened. And in my, um, estimation of all of this, I'm looking at going, oh, well, you can become well-connected. It really starts with more within yourself. Um, And like you said, that whole embodiment piece. So yeah, you can contact me there, wellconnectedtherapist.com. My email's on there too. You can sign up for my newsletter on the website. I'll look forward to hearing from some people.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, It's been a wonderful conversation. And I hope everyone will tune in again next week where I'll have Susanna back on and we'll be talking about the five myths of networking. And these are going to be really great, especially for those introverted therapists out there. Thanks again, Susanna.
1: Thank you, Cindy. Thank
0: you so much for joining me today for episode 43. I'm joined again by Susanna as she shares five myths of networking. So tune in next week. And if you haven't yet listened to episode 41, check it out. In that episode, I share my four favorite alternatives to New Year's resolutions. And don't worry, it's not too late as I believe there are better dates than January 1st for your intention setting. I'll explain why in the episode. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars, and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy, small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.